Coming up on this edition of Honolulu Heartbeat, we'll be talking with Dr. Ron Williams of the Hawaiian Historical Society. Honolulu Heartbeat returns in just a minute. Aloha and welcome back to um, second edition of Honolulu Heartbeat. Today is Monday, December 28th. Again, the last Monday of 2015. It's crazy, crazy, crazy to think the whole year has actually gone by already. Um, on this hour of Honolulu Heartbeat, we're joined by Dr. Ron Williams of the Hawaiian Historical Society. We're going to be talking about what the society does, um, they recently released annual journal, the Hawaiian Journal of History. And we'll be getting caught up with a little bit with Dr. Williams. So um, with all that said, welcome, Dr. Williams, to Honolulu Heartbeat. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks for inviting me. So, um, Dr. Williams, or do you prefer Ron? Yeah, Ron. Just let's Ron. go with Ron, yeah. Let's go with Ron. All right. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of hard work, but I just like Ron. <laughs> it was a lot of hard work. I was there for <laughs> yeah, That's true. That's true. That's right. Um, okay. So, yeah, Ron. So, uh, you know, real briefly, maybe if, if we could just spend maybe this first 15-minute block just talking about the Hawaiian Historical Society in general, you know, if... Yeah. You know, for people who may not be familiar with the work that they do or never heard of them or, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Um, so the Hawaiian Historical Society is one of the oldest institutions in Hawaii. Um, we were founded in 1892. Uh, so actually, we're coming up on our 124th year. Um, and it's a society that has a mission to uh, collect, archive, preserve, and disseminate history of Hawaii and the Pacific. Um We've been around, as I mentioned, for over a century, um, and we've seen kind of some ups and downs as far as our position in, in, in Honolulu and in Hawaii in general. Um, we've had a uh, director, a fantastic director and librarian for about 40 years uh, who just retired, um, Barbara Dunn, um, a wonderful, wonderful resource uh, who was kind of the heart and soul of the society. Um, upon her retirement, we hired a new director, a new librarian, and we're really looking to kind of reorganize and uh, expand our role. Um, we really want to be a resource for all of the islands. Um, one of the things that I think people have thought of us in the past uh, as the Hawaiian Historical Society is that we do history of Hawaiian people, but we do history of the people in Hawaii. So we want to reach out to the Japanese community, the Korean community, the Filipino community, uh, the Caucasian community, e everyone. Uh, we're, you know, we have those types of resources that everyone can use. Um, so it's, it's, it's uh, exciting um, to be on the board and to see this kind of mission expand. Uh, we've started a Facebook page, uh, as you kind of have to do nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, and it's interesting because, you know, many of our lifetime members are, are kind of older, and, and so we're kind of getting, getting them on board for the, for the, get them on yeah, for the Facebook page. <laughs> um, 
but it's but it's really I I see it really expanding our reach and and what that does is commit you know offer resources to the community uh, that I think are really valuable. I mean I'm a research I'm a researcher myself. You know that. I mean I spend my life in the archives. Um, but the Hawaiian Historical Society has some really unique and really fascinating uh, resources um, that are there for the public. Uh, we have a library. We have a reading room that we're open for. Um, not only hardcore researchers, but families can come in, um, check on their genealogy, uh, check on uh, the history of religion in Hawaii, check on the, the monarchs, all these types of things. Um, a couple of the things that I've come across lately that I'll tell you about. Uh, we have uh, the only Hawaiian language um, 1854 constitution in, in existence. You know, you think about um, the Declaration of Independence for the United States or the Constitution, of the, you know, <coughs> these, these original documents and how treasured they are. The, you know, in the, the kingdom period, in that 1850s, 1860s period, the language of most of the people was still Hawaiian, was still Olelo Hawaii. And we have the original Constitution from that period, and it's the only copy in existence. You know, if you want to see it, you've got to come down to our place. Um, oh. That's something that we have the duty to, to, to protect, Yeah. Um, so things like that. Uh, recently, um, I was going over some documents uh, related to the Bayonet Constitution in 1887. Uh, after the Bayonet Constitution, Native Hawaiians organized a political party and really kind of wanted to um, push back against this kind of uh, this loss of power by, by Native peoples, by Asians, and so forth. Um, so they drafted um, amendments to the Constitution that they wanted to see put in place. Um, the only copy of that in existence, again, is at the Hawaiian Historical Society. And it talks about things like women's suffrage. You know, the idea of women's suffrage in 1890. Um, you know, these things. It's very forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, that you know? I mean, it, was, it wasn't until 1920 that women got yeah. suffrage in Hawaii. So, so <laughs> the, the fact that Native Hawaiians were pushing this 40 years prior to that is pretty amazing. <clears throat> so those types of things are, are things we offer to the public. Um, we, we do public programs. Uh, about five times a year we have speakers talk at uh, KCC. Um, we offer that free f- to the public, um, and and lots of other things. So it's I see that it, as the society expanding, and it's really exciting. You know, um, tell me a little bit more about those public talks that you guys do. I'd, I'd kind of be interested in hearing more about that. Yeah, yeah. So we have a program committee uh, run by Makana Chai. Okay. Uh, who um, we you know we when we put out the journal every year, we have one speaker come out of the journal and do their talk. But we also look for um, people that the community are really. Kind of, kind of cutting-edge research, um, things that uh, people haven't heard before, things that um, might, you know, bring a, a large audience. Um, and the thing about that, you know, I'm a historian, so I'm kind of biased about, uh, about this, but, but, the th- but uh, towards the history. But the thing that's so exciting about Hawaiian history is that we're, is we're kind of re- relearning Hawaiian history. Yeah. You know, uh, we, you and I have talked quite a bit about, um, and I know you're a big proponent of this idea of including native voice in the Hawaiian his- in history of Hawaii. Uh, the fact that we have 125,000 pages of Hawaiian language newspapers, uh, and that we've really been through about maybe 10% of that, yeah, um, mean, yeah, you know, means that there's a history out there that we haven't heard, and so th- there's we're right on the cusp of this explosion of a new understanding of the history of Hawaii. You know, native scholars like uh, Noelani Arista, uh, Noe Noe, uh, or, or sorry, Noe Kaupu uh, Goodyear, um, Noe Noe Silva. Uh, all of those folks are putting out stuff that's teaching us about the people of the past that's brand new. So when we can bring them in and, and offer them to the public free of charge, um, and we have really good cookies and punch there too, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for us to fulfill our mission, uh, and that is to bring to not only protect um, the history of Hawaii and to, and to preserve it and to take care of those documents, but to bring them to the public. 
That's pretty darn cool. So, how often do you guys do these talks? Like every every three months or something? About every well, about every two or three months. Uh, we have usually five a year. Sometimes we'll do extra ones. We'll do a special one. Uh, what we're also looking to do now, and, and what, one of my big pushes on the board is to, is to you know we've been very Honolulu centric. Yeah. Um, and and you know we're, we're based here. Um, yeah. Most of our board members in the past have been from here. Are from here. Yeah. So we're trying to to reach out to other islands, and in doing that, recently we've brought on uh, board members from Lanai. Kapaa Mali is from oh, Lanai. Cool. We've brought on board members from Maui, uh, from Kauai, and all over the place. So we're really looking to kind of maybe start holding some of these events on the other islands, you know, joining up with other societies. Um, you know, and I mentioned Hawaiian language. One of the things that kind of I'm very proud about about the society is the fact that currently we have four fluent Hawaiian speakers on the board. Oh. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't know that, you know, how many institutions, you know, can say that. Can but, say that, yeah. But, it's, but it's, and it, it's a really important thing because not only does it bring – access to people who can help us with programs but it, and, and research, but it brings this understanding, right? This understanding of, uh, you know, places we should be headed, things we should be looking at. Um, we have uh, Noolani Loesch, uh, Kumu Loesch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, um, we used to have Puakea Nogomar with us. Yeah. Uh, we have Nanea Armstrong. We have Kapa Mali and myself who, who, who uh, are in this kind of field. Um, so it really... I think we're kind of a cutting edge uh, uh, historical society nowadays. And you know, it's you know, it's exciting to see all the work that you guys are doing. You know, I've I follow a bunch of you on the board. You know, um, yeah. Makana, yourself, Sherry, yeah. and it's always exciting to see what you guys are writing about, yeah. all the cool things you guys are doing. So, well, and it's it, definitely, you know, it's interesting you bring up Sherry. You know, our new president is is Sherry. And um, she brings a knowledge, a vast knowledge, and a kind of connection to a lot of folks in the Okinawan community yeah, um, in, in other communities. So it, for me, that's an example of the fact that, and, we, and the board has been really pushing this, is let's, you know, let's, let er, let's let those communities know that we're a resource for them also. Yeah. That we can, we can Expanding help Expanding your also. scope. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, we're going to have to take a quick break t- for our sponsors. When we come back, you know, we can get more into... Actual journal yeah, good. there. So, Herbert, we'll be back. We are talking with Dr. Ron Williams from the Hawaiian Historical Society. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Melinda Pascua Gamble. You're listening to the number one most popular Pinoy Power Radio, KPRP 650 AM, and global streaming PinoyPowerMedia.com. You've always wanted LASIK, but you've been told you aren't a candidate because you have astigmatism. Well, here's great news. If you've been diagnosed with astigmatism, then McMahon Eye Institute of Hawaii can reduce or eliminate your astigmatism and your nearsighted or farsighted prescription. That's right. You could be glasses and contact lens-free regardless of your astigmatism. McMahon Eye Institute is the first and only practice in Hawaii to offer an FDA-approved iris tracker that ensures that the laser treats your prescription regardless of your eye movement. Combine this technology with the most advanced wavefront-guided laser system, and you'll know why over 5,000 LASIK procedures have been performed by Dr. Michael McMahon. Call 677-2C. That's 677-2733 today, and ask about their 18 months of interest-free financing or use your FSA. Finally, a LASIK treatment for astigmatism. Check them out online at oahulasik.com. That's oahulasik.com. Welcome back to Pinoy Power Programs and KPRP 650 AM and com. All right, welcome back to Honolulu Heartbeat, showcasing the arts and culture of Honolulu. 
and the people who make it happen. Joining us for the second hour of Hon Heartbeat is definitely an individual who's making it happen here in Hawaii. His name is Dr. Ron Williams. He is with the Hawaiian Historical Society. Um, you know, very, very sacred mission of, you know, preserving the knowledge and history of Hawaii and it's quite the undertaking. So hats off to Ron and all his colleagues over at the Hawaiian Historical Society for all the work that they do and that they continue to do. Because history never, never, ever, ever ends. That's right. <laughs> so Ron, um, <clears throat> you know, why would we kind of shift gears and let's talk about, you know, the latest journal that you guys put out. So this is your annual publication. It's the... Hawaiian Journal of History. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, great, great. Um, the Hawaiian Journal of History has, this is the 49th volume. Uh, so it started 49 years ago, obviously. Um, and it's uh, an academic journal. Um, but one thing I find fascinating about our journal is that it's, we've really, we've always, but especially so in the last five or six years, we've pushed authors to kind of make their articles uh, uh readable <laughs> um, for the general public. <laughs> you know, I, I, working in academia, you know, there's... Less like, academic speak. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, and, you know what, and there's, in academia, <clears throat> there's this need to to talk to that academic community, which is re- legitimate. I mean, yeah, we, right. we're, you know, creating this conversation among ourselves that, that hopefully, you know, s- spills down. But, um, and you have to do that for tenure. You have to do that to keep your job and so forth. Uh, and it's a very important part of publication. Yeah. Um, but if two or three hundred people know about this stuff, you know what's it really doing? What's it really changing? Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're, you know, one of my passions is is public history. You know, is is you know writing uh, narrative nonfiction. You know, history, but in a in a narrative way. Uh, and we're so we've been pushing our authors to um, write approachable articles, uh, and I think that that the journal is, is succeeding in that. Um, you know, really fascinating research, cutting edge research, uh, but in a readable way. Um, the journal is uh, part of our membership. You know, we're always uh, pushing for membership, but um, our membership, a membership in the society uh, brings you a journal uh, every year, um, our calendar, our annual calendar, and our newsletter. So these things come out to, these, to, the, to the members. Um, it's also available to the general public. Uh, on our Facebook page, you can find it. Uh, you can find it at, um, at, at our website also. You can drop by the library p- uh, and pick it up. Um, but this year's journal, as you mentioned, this 49th a- uh, annual journal, has some really fascinating articles in it, and, and I have to, you know, it's a, it's a little weird talking about yourself, <laughs> but I'm but but sure. I, I have an article in there uh, that I'll mention uh, is the lead article this year that it's called "Race, Power, and the Dilemma of Democracy: Hawaii's First Territorial Legislature in 1901." Um, this article was something I've been working on for quite a while. My research is in the Hawaiian language newspapers in general, and kind of looking at um, historiography of Hawaii, uh, the history that was created in Hawaii. And, and how it was created and why it was created and, and what might else be there that we haven't seen. And so when I went back and started looking at the, the time period uh, post the supposed annexation in 1898, um, I noticed that it was kind of storied as uh, the end of the struggle. You know, Hawaii, 1898 was the end of the struggle. Hawaiians lost power. Um, in actuality, when Hawaii became a, uh, supposedly became a territory of the United States in 1900, what that did was bring some level of democracy to Hawaii, which had been an oligarchy for seven or eight years. Under the guys who had overthrown the queen, it was a, it was a tight oligarchy. Uh, and her native Hawaiians were really pushed outside, you know, lacking power. Um, with this first kind of election that allowed native Hawaiians and others to vote again, um, the native Hawaiian Home Rule Party dominated that first legislature. Yeah? 
So you know, there's a, I opened the, the article with the story of the fact that the night of the over, uh, of the annexation of Hawaii, um, there was a huge party at Iolani Palace. Dole and the American um, uh, Navy folks were there, and there was a big party, and they were celebrating the fact that they had now become part of the United States. Um, they wake up in the morning and they kind of go, "Oh crap! <laughs> that means that, w- that we have democracy." That and they were vastly outnumbered here, um, not only outnumbered, in, you know, by folks uh, in, in in actual numbers, but also in folks that were kind of against them. Uh, yeah. And, and so that election brings to power the native Home Rule Party. Um, so they don't know what to do. I mean, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to argue for the fact that in a democracy and part of the United States, uh, we shouldn't have majority rule? And <coughs> so what they do is they start to use the, the subtopic of race. Uh, and they say, well, Hawaiians uh, aren't fit to rule. Uh, they're not really human. Um, and so in that first territory legislature, they pretty constantly put out articles and newspaper ads and cartoons and so forth attacking the legislature and saying they're not getting anything done. And so that's the narrative that was picked up later by the 1940s and 50s and 60s and so forth by historians uh, who didn't speak Hawaiian, you know, and, and that issue kind of wasn't at the fore. So people thought, well, we've got these resources, we're going to use them. So if you read the English language uh, newspapers from that period, you get this uh, really <coughs> kind of brutal attack on native Hawaiian legislatures saying they don't know what they're doing. Oh, my gosh, it's a mess. They're not getting anything done. Yeah? Well, if you go back into the actual record of the legislature and the Hawaiian language newspapers, you see – the fact that those Native Hawaiian uh, legislators were passing dozens of bills that were centrally important to their constituencies. Mm-hmm. The governor was vetoing most of them. <laughs> the territory had, you know, the two, two-thirds of the power in the territory was appointed. The legislator, I mean, sorry, the judiciary and the governor were appointed by the president of the United States. The legislature was the only part where we had a semi-democracy. So the legislature was passing bills and the governor was vetoing them. Um, so that's a different story than they weren't getting anything done. Um, the newspapers right. come out with, with two newspaper articles or two newspaper front pages that I've included in the article um, that show the territorial legislature run by Native Hawaiians as monkeys in the jungle. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, there's this, there's this horrible. There's this cartoon of the front page of the Hawaiian Gazette in 1901, and it has Native legislatures. You know, they've got their names on their chest, and they're swinging from branches in the jungle. And it's got um, Rudyard Kipling's poem underneath the jungle book. And it says, oh. yeah, and it's, it says, you know, they're talking gibberish and we can't understand them. What they were talking was their native language, right? Right, right. right. So, so you see that ad. You see another ad come out in the Pacific Commercial Advertiser at the close of the legislature, um, a cartoon that shows the, once again, monkeys in cages in a, in a circus caravan leaving town and heading out to the jungle. And it says the Simeon Circus leaves town. And that was the closing of the legislature. You know, so there's, there's this re- there was this really blatant Brutal. use of race yeah. to say, we can't let Hawaiians vote, you know. Um, that was their only tool. Because, again, how, you know, how are you going to make the argument <coughs> that in a territory of the United States that we shouldn't have democracy? And so that white oligarchy that was running Hawaii tried to say they're not qualified. Yeah. That's the story of the 1901 legislature. That's the story of but, – but Hawaiians continue to fight. You know, post-annexation in 1898 – you know, in the course of about six months, once the organic acts were set up, in the course of about six months, they set up a new political party, the, the uh, in Hawaiian Home Rule Party. They canvassed across the islands. Elect, they, they fought against, I mean, they, they bowed or ran against a party that was, that was supported by most of the businesses in town, the white, you know, oligarchy. Uh, and they won. They dominated the elections. Um, so the power of Hawaiians at that time to organize, to vote, to, to, um, make known what they wanted um, was prolific. Uh, and that's the story that that article tries to bring out. 
very powerful, you know, stuff. And, you know, it, it's still very, very relevant today. You know, the story that you shared from that era, we still see that playing out today with, you know, the Monocare protests. Um, exactly. exactly. And even, you know, all of the controversy with, you know, Nio Puni. Exactly, right, right. Well, and that's, you know, that's, that's for, for me, that's one of the missions of this article and, and for a lot, yeah. of my, a lot of my work is to platform folks that we don't probably don't know about who are literally kind of centrally important to their, to their nation. Yeah. Um, the cover of the journal has three men on it. It has uh, William Punahu Aveoveo Ulokolani White. Mm-hmm. It has George Beckley. And it has uh, Ramon Hoy Makekao. Now, most of your listeners and most of the people I've run into have never heard of those names. These, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I've heard of Beckley. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you're, and you know quite a bit about history. <laughs> yeah. These names are foreign to us. Yeah. These men were central uh, to, to this fight. William, um, William Punahu White was a, a close confidant of the Queen. Uh, he, was, he was one of the men who helped her write the new constitution she was trying to implement. Um, the morning that the Queen, on January 14th, 1893, the morning that she was trying to implement the new constitution, before she went and did one of the most important acts of her, of her reign, she met with him and Joseph Navahi and awarded them the Knights Order of Kalakawa, the highest award in the oh, kingdom, wow. and called them Patriots of the Nation. So you have this gentleman, this native Hawaiian man from Lahaina, <coughs> who's a patriot of the nation, who's um, writing the new constitution for the kingdom, and he's completely unknown to people in Hawaii today. That's like saying we don't, you know, what if we didn't know who Thomas Jefferson was? Right, right, you know, or Martin Luther King. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, the, and the great thing, <laughs> right. and the great, the, right. the, the hugely rewarding thing about doing Hawaiian history is that I, about three years ago I got to meet one of his great-grandsons as I was working on, on you know, his life. Uh, and I've come to meet probably 60 or 70 of his, of his descendants and to be able to bring that story back to them and, and, yeah. let, and let them know that um, your great-grandfather is going to be this on what the he cover did. of this yeah. year's journal. That's, imp- that's very powerful. Uh, that is. And that's, that's the, um, the blessing of being able to do Hawaiian history. Giving me chills as I'm sitting here, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, these stories, and, and we're just, you know, as historians, we're just, um, you know, we're just folks who, who make that connection. Yeah. It's these voices. It's, it's William Punahua. <coughs> it's Ramon Hoy Makekao. It's uh, George Beckley. It's these folks who, who say it's time for my story to be heard. To and come back out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're just kind of platforming it for them. Yeah. But you know, there's, there's, but there's, and, and that's just one. There's lots and lots of great articles in the in the this year's journal. There's an article by Martha Hoverson uh, that talks about the Buffalo Soldiers at Kilauea, 1915 to 1917. So there was this African American company of soldiers stationed at Kilauea uh, in 1915, oh. and the work that they did, and building trails, and, and and their interaction with the society. You know, it's another fascinating article. Um, there's one by two MDs over at the John Burns School of Medicine that looks at the death of Kalakaua. And they use this uh, clinical process. Um, I'm forgetting the name for it right now, but they use this clinical process to go back and go over the records and give a new diagnosis to his death. You know, why did Kalakaua oh, wow. die? Yeah, <laughs> trippy. Yeah. yeah. So, they, so they use the most modern medicine that we have to go back and you know say whatever records we have and whatever you know comments we have to, to kind of re-diagnose why he died. Um, and it's a fascinating article. I don't want to spoil it for people, so I'll, I'll ask them to come get the journal. Um, <laughs> there's a great article by Kelly Nakamura that uh, is called Issei Women and Work, Washerwomen, Prostitutes, Midwives, and Barbers. It talks about Japanese picture brides that were brought to Hawaii um, and kind of their, what, what, what they ended up doing and, and their um, place in society and how they helped form Hawaiian society in, in, that, er- in that period. Um, there's a, a really interesting article by Scott and Hanai uh, Kramer 
that talks about Hawaiian outrigger canoes in the Bonin Archipelago. You know, Scott's work and, and Hanai's work is fascinating because um, they've talked about Hawaiians who went out. You know, we, we, we focused on how Hawaii was changed by the world, but how Hawaiians changed the world. You know, uh, there was a group of Native Hawaiians, a small group of Native Hawaiians who settled the Bonin Archipelago in the 1830s, uh, this small island in, in that Japan controls. Uh, and they settled the island. It was, it was unsettled before that. Huh. Um, and once Japan kind of uh, <coughs> claimed the island and, and, you know, time passes, um, things became very Japanese. But we've seen the, the, uh, the, the culture and, and the things of Hawaiian society still exist there, the language. And they talk about how the Hawaiian canoe, the outrigger canoe, is a centrally used canoe there in the Bonins today. So things like that. You know, it's, it's full of things that are wonderful. I've never even heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's trippy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of good stuff. Awesome. Um, Ron, so we're going to step out again for a quick visit to our sponsors, and then we'll pick back up again with a little bit more of the journal or whatever else. Hello, Herbie. We'll be back more with Dr. Rod Williams from the Hawaiian Historical Society in just a minute. Aloha. This is Mori Antonio. You're listening to the number one most powerful Pinoy Power Radio, KPRP 650 AM, and global streaming on PinoyPowerMedia.com. Mga kababayan, ako po si Dela Susa Ogali Bimbo. Kung kayo po ay naghahanap ng matapat, matyaga at mapagkakatuwa ang mga hente para sa inyong susunod na cruises at paglalakbay kahit saan man sa buong mundo kagaya ng Pilipinas, Las Vegas, US Mainland and Europa, tumawag lang po sa Universal Travel and Tours sa 676-5959, 676-5959 na matatagpuan sa 94-210 Pupukai Street, Waipahu, Hawaii. Sisiguro din po namin na kayo ay kontento sa ibibigay naming serbisyo dahil gusto po namin paalam sa inyo lahat ng dapat ninyong malaman tungkol po sa inyong pagbili ng domestic at international airline tickets at kahit anumang travel packages, kasama dito ang hotel, car rental at mga iba pa. At kung kayo naman po ay nagbabalak magparimodal inyong bahay o tahanan o kahit anumang repair sa inyong lugar, tawagan at subukan din po ang Universal Contractors sa 676-5959. 676-5959 Commercial Residential Industrial Estimate is free We hope to serve you soon Kami po ang Universal Travel and Tours and Universal Contractors Doing business in Hawaii since 1990s License insured at bonded po kami Tawag na at subukan po ang aming serbisyo Kami po ang inyong tagapaglingkod Dela Sousa Ogali Bimbo at Gennaro Kiral Bimbo Maraming maraming salamat po Mapagtalkan, mapangnamnamaan, kalistuan ka na subukin tikaduan. Tinasurok na sa nga pulukidli mga tawin ngayon na pinagserbi. PILX Cargo Incorporated, door-to-door boxes to the Philippines. At daan iti NBOCC number 021391N. Lisensya ang mga itunda ti boxes yo para karigitipatpat ganyo iti Pilipinas. Ti PILX Cargo ket kukwa kini matmatunan dag iti manakagayem ken agasawa, June ken Normi Gamyao. Patawagin yo iti 67659 9-9-3-6-7-7-3-3-5-5-5-4-4-3-7-1. It is a din naman aparte to Luzon. Philex Cargo Specialist. Send 7 boxes and the 7th is free. One time pickup only. Send 10 boxes, the 10th is free. Accompanied by one fully paid box. Not necessarily one time pickup. Philex Cargo loads every Wednesday. Masarakan ti main office da, it is Santa Maria Mapandan, Pangasinan. Adapay branch office da, itilawag city, across North 
Northwestern University iti Junis Food Stuff ken iti Alabang, Metro Manila. Adabay branches iti Phil X Cargo dito yung Maui, Lanai, Kauai, ken Big Island. Tawagan nyo laeng ni June Gamiao, owner and manager 676-5993 Tawagan nyo ti Phil X Cargo Incorporated ket nakasagana da June ken Norming Agserbi kada kayo. Mamabubay ang Felix Cargo Incorporated. Pabalik na tayo dito sa ating programa dito sa KPRP 650 AM and All Alright, welcome back to Honolulu Heartbeat showcasing the arts and culture of Honolulu. I'm your host Jonathan Wong and we've been talking with Dr. Ron Williams from the Hawaiian Historical Society here uh, this morning. We've been talking about the work that the society does as well as their recently published Journal, the Hawaiian Journal of History. It is the 49th edition of this journal. We've been talking about all of the great articles that are in this particular edition. Uh, with all of that said, let's get back to talking more with Dr. Williams. So, Ron, welcome back to Hulu Heartbeat. Mahalo, mahalo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, why don't we kind of just finish going through maybe some of the other articles yeah. you guys got, and then sure. we can talk more about... The society and you guys' work. Okay, yeah. Um, so one of the other articles in the uh, journal this year that I found really interesting was by Ralph Cam. Uh, Ralph Cam is, is a local researcher and writer who's done you know lots and lots of work, published with us quite a bit. Uh, and in this journal, he has an article called "The Copied Hymns of John Young." Um, John Young, as you know, as you remember, is a, a, an Englishman who uh, arrived here in Hawaii, <coughs> became close to Kamehameha, um, and uh, he and we he writes about how these English hymns. Um, kind of were were interacted with Hawaiian society uh, and kind of helped shape some things that came to the in the in the future. Um, when the Christian Church arrives, we see hymns arrive uh, and things like that. Uh, this is actually a, a, quite a bit you know an early part of that, uh, and he so he documents those hymns that have arrived. Um, there's an article by Douglas Askman that uh, is titled "Remembering Lilikuokalani: Coverage of the Death of the Last Queen of Hawaii" by Hawaii's English language establishment press and American newspapers. And so he kind of takes a look at how American newspapers and local English language papers viewed the death of the Queen. Um, you know, a, a huge event and a, and a, and a tragic event, but um, one that was covered across the world. Um, so he talks about that. Um, we have an article by Anne Hammond called uh, Geneve Taggart, The Hawaiian Background to a Radical Poet, um, talking about uh, a, you know, poetry here in Hawaii uh, and somebody who had kind of a, a radical outlook on, on society and things like that and, and how they fit in here in Hawaii. Um, and there's lots, of, and there we have book reviews. Uh, we have a bibliography of, of local material that is interesting to Hawaiian people, the history of Hawaii people, and so forth. Um, so it's a great uh, collection of stuff. Um, Twenty dollars, a bargain. Not a bad deal at all. Yeah, you know, a lot of academic, <laughs> lot of academic journals, and you're up in the thirty-five, forty dollars like, range. Yeah, it's crazy prices. Yeah, yeah. And, and as I mentioned, if you become a member, which is uh, our general membership, I believe, is forty dollars. So if you become a member, you, tw- you got a free journal right there. There's half your your membership price right there. Um, so it's a great deal. Awesome. And then you're also talking about membership gets your calendar too. Yeah, the, with membership you get a uh, the, which I should mention also the Hawaiian Historical Society calendar. Our annual calendar just came out. Um, we focus on a certain theme every year. This year it was schools of Hawaii in the 19th century. Oh. Um, really, a you know some brilliant photographs that we have inside of uh, our collection that we've used uh, to 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 visualize the months. Uh, we also have something that, that I love, and that's uh, not not every day, but nearly every day on the calendar, there's a Hawaiian fact of the day. Uh, this, that's cool. Yeah, this happened on that day. 
So as you go through the calendar, uh, it's really a, a wonderful resource to kind of keep in mind uh, the, the past of Hawaii. Um, so our calendar is part of the thing that memberships, members get also. Uh, but we also sell it to the general public, I think it's, and it's very cheap. I think it's $12, um, and that's uh, available at the society um, and some local stores. That's really cool. You know, I'm going to need to sum myself up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please. That sounds like a really cool calendar. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Ron, why don't we kind of get talking back more about, you know, what's coming up ahead for the society. So I know you guys talked about, you know, wanting to, you know, expand, you know, beyond being Honolulu Centric, which, you know, a lot of, you know, um, nonprofits here, you know, with the name Hawaii in it, you know, they do have that challenge of being, Accused of, you know, maybe being a little bit too homocentric. And, you know, it's easy not to, to be because, you know, most of the members are either Honolulu-based or the members or the workers or the staff are Honolulu-based. You know, there may be resource limitations to expand the work to the rest of the islands. But, you know, it's still a goal that is very um, worthy, especially, you know, given the name. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, when we are off air, maybe about a month ago I had the executive director from the Hawaii Symphony, you know, they had that same challenge when they right. transitioned from being the Honolulu Symphony to becoming the Hawaii Symphony. Right. You know, they just didn't necessarily have the resources to go to the outer islands. But, you know, with a lot of fundraising over the past several years, you know, they recently were able to do, you know, concerts on Kauai as well as Maui. So, you know, it's taken them a while, but right. they've built that point so. yeah and that's something that's that's very important to us now uh on our board and to be honest we, we probably have been guilty of that in the past um but but the new board is, is really passionate about reaching out to to everyone not only in hawaii but literally in the world you know our facebook page uh has brought us um followers uh that comment on stuff that send us stuff that become members from zimbabwe from France, yeah, from you know, all over the world. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, you know, there's a there's a there's a there's an African gentleman who who writes us a, a lot and talk and is very fascinated with the monarchy in Hawaii and so forth. Um, there's a gentleman that writes us from Florida, you know, and, and all over the world. So it's yeah, we've we've seen uh, the potential there. Um, like the symphony, we're not rich. <laughs> we're a non, you know we're a nonprofit, <laughs> and um, we are constantly kind of trying to hit, meet our budget. Um, but we do really want to reach out to the other islands, and there's lots of ways that we can do that. You know, um, we don't want to step on anyone's toes. There's, there, are, there are historical societies in those islands, but we can partner with them, mm-hmm. uh, and we can use, it, we can offer our resources to people from those communities. Uh, whether whether it's putting on talks in the in the other the outer islands, whether it's as I mentioned, bringing on board members from those other islands, um, co-producing books, um, co- you know, selling each other's materials, things like that. Uh, something we really want to do. Um, I was able to go out to Molokai about eight months ago on a small grant uh, that I got from the Hawaii Nuekea School of Hawaiian Knowledge uh, and meet and, and give talks to the uh, Molokai Elementary School, Junior High, and High School. Uh, and, w- and the m- mission of that was to bring them resources and, and connect them to resources online that can help them start to tell their own histor- histories. Yeah, And to see um, the excitement of these fourth graders and fifth graders and seventh graders to tell them, you know, it shouldn't be us telling your stories. It should be you, you telling your stories. Mm-hmm. And here's how you do it. Here's how you do it, um, yeah. And, you know, that was one of the most rewarding projects I've been a part of. And, and that, you know, links them to resources in the Hawaiian Historical Society. You know, those things are there. They're there for you free. They're there uh, for, the, for the public. So it's something we really want to do. Uh, we've got a new director uh, at the Society that I'm really excited about, um, Jennifer Higa. Um, she's a, a brilliant woman, uh, a 
wonderful worker. She comes from the Kamehameha schools. Uh, and as I mentioned, Barbara Dunn, who we, you know, you can't replace Barbara. And it's, and it's um, you know, we, we, are, we exist because of Barbara now. But, but uh, Jennifer, um, you know, has, brings her own talents to the society uh, and is really kind of uh, getting us organized and, and helping us uh, build a foundation to move forward for another 125 years. You know, that's one thing that I've come to understand being on the board there is we have a lot of projects where we, we are passionate about. We have a lot of things we want to get done. But our most central goal or, or kuleana responsibility is to make sure what these men got together and started in 1892 is here in 2102. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's perpetuity. Yeah. 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 The, you know, yeah. our great grandkids. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so it's <laughs> it's something that we all take seriously. Um, we have a great board. You know, uh, it's a, you know, a, a group of people that I'm honored to work with. Um, and, and it's, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm excited about our future. <coughs> that's awesome. So, you know, let's talk about the immediate future. So what's coming up in 2016 for the Wines Historical Society? Yeah. So in 2016, we're going to, we're starting to, uh, we're a year out. We're starting to organize our 2017 125th anniversary. Um, you know, it takes about a year to organize. Um, all the board members are volunteer and they've all got careers and jobs and so sure. forth. So, um, we're starting to organize the 2017 125th anniversary of the society, and it, I'm really excited about it. It's it's a project that's that is going to offer the public a lot, uh, and hopefully connect us um, to to a much wider um, user base. Uh, and we've got things set up like we're going to do um, kind of TED type talks. We're going to cool. do yeah, we're going to do we're wow. gonna bring in some amazing researchers and ta- and speakers. Um, we're going to hopefully publish. Uh, a, a special issue of the journal that kind of looks back and says what are the, some of the most important articles published over, over our history. Um, we're going to connect people to those founders. You know, <coughs> pardon me. Our um, whatever our first president was Charles Reed Bishop. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Yeah, it was Charles <laughs> Reed Bishop, and and so there were a group huh. of uh, of Honolulu businessmen that came together and, and saw the importance of the society. You know, there was a a naval uh, an <coughs> American naval um, personnel. Uh, named Reverend Hose, H-O-E-S, who was very interested in history, who was asked by local businessmen to kind of go around town and start to collect things while he was here. Um, And he went to to actually met with the queen, Lili Wokalani, and talked to her about this. And this this became one of her passions, was to preserve history in Hawaii. Um, She was actually our first patron uh, at the society. Um, And so that kind of got the ball rolling. Um, one of the things, you know, there's so many connections to the elite here I- by the society. Um, Queen Emma, um, when she passed in her will, she left what was at the time the Honolulu Reading Room Association, Library and Reading Room Association. She left them her entire collection of, of books and manuscripts, hmm. uh, well over 500 books, one of the largest collections of, of books in Hawaii at the time. She left that to them, and that's been passed down to us. So today we have that Queen Emma collection as a part of our foundational collection. Um, so throughout our, our history, uh, we've had great leaders. We've had um, very, um, very connected uh, folks in Hawaiian society from all, all ethnicities um, kind of be a part of our society. And we want to kind of go back and, and show people how any group can connect to the society, but also how today those resources can, can help you in ways that you didn't even think about. You know, businesses in Hawaii, there's, there's dozens of businesses in Hawaii that have a history that stretches back into the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, do they know that history? You know, or, um, if your employees at uh, HECO, if your employees at, you know, the, the Honolulu Fire Department is 150 years old. 
uh, or actually a little older than that. It was started in 1850. Um, the Honolulu Fire Department, their history, um, um, all of these corporations, Bank of Hawaii, you know, the First Hawaiian Bank, all these places, um, to be able to offer them their history that they can then pass down to their employees mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and kind of build a stronger connection to this place, um, that's part of our mission also. So it's something I'm very excited about doing in the future. That's really cool. <clears throat> you know, you know that last part, you know, talking about, you know, corporate history, you know, every time, you know, whenever I take a trip on Hawaiian Air, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing their new, um, their new welcome video where mm-hmm. they show, like, you know, Hawaiian Air back in, like, you know, the, the 1940s or whatever it was, you know, what to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of, yeah. there's lots of connections that way. You know, a couple of the, uh, you know, uh, people that we've brought on board that are that are helping us a lot. Um, Harvey McInerney. Uh, Harvey's a, a business, local uh, businessman mm-hmm. in town, an uh, investment uh, person, um, has brought to us uh, a passion for Hawaiian history. He personally is, is really in, involved in Hawaiian history. Um, and so, you know, it's not that, I think everyone kind of, uh, not everyone, <laughs> but most everyone uh, kind of has, finds Hawaii, finds history interesting. Mm-hmm. But not everyone sees how it fits into their lives. Harvey yeah. Harvey shows folks how history connects to their financial business, <coughs> how it connects to their how it can make that stronger, how it can make their communications business stronger, how it can you know improve their personal life, you know how it can connect. Almost everyone has a genealogy here, mm-hmm. whether it's one generation or seventeen generations. True. Um, <laughs> so so connecting to the, that material is something that, that Harvey's really passionate about, and I, and I respect him for that. Nanea Armstrong. I mean, what a resource. Uh, fluent in Hawaiian. She works uh, over there at KS. Um, you know, like amazingly accomplished and knowledgeable woman. Um, she she ha- is bringing kind of those institutional things to us also. Um, so we were, you know, um, Noelani Loesch, you know, Kumu Loesch, you know, kind of one of the, uh, all of our Hawaiian language Kumu, um, brings a, a, an understanding to us that's that's second to none. Um, so it's, it's a board that, uh, again, I feel honored to work with. Uh, and that I see being very valuable to the society. That's awesome. We're going to uh, step out to take our last commercial break, and then, you know, we'll wrap things up when we come back. Hulu Heartbeat will be back in just a minute with more from Dr. Ron Williams from the Hawaiian Historical Society. Tirangtay, digiti Filipinos, kadagitikan kansyon ken pagliwliwaan. Aloha! Pabuhay! Tumtumyag kayo dito'y baro ken kapipiksaan ng Filipino Radio dito'y Hawaii, 650 KPRP AM Honolulu and global streaming on PinoyPowerMedia.com The views and opinions expressed on the following program do not reflect those of the staff and management of Pinoy Power LLC. Naimbagadamag, naglukatan di Barong Asangay ti Bondila Insurance Agency LLC. Ditoy Eva Beach, iti 911-1121 Keao Nui Drive, Suite 203. Nga da iti Laulani Village Building, Sangwana iti Safeway. Nakukuha kini matmatunan ni Ricky Bonilla. Isu iti mapangnamnamaan no pakasekna ni car, home, business, life, condominiums, and renters insurance. Ipaida pa iti panakay rollover to 401k. Kit nabayagan ng insurance agent ti Bonilla Insurance Agency iti bedeng ti Allstate Insurance Company. Wen kakapsat at dan talunga sangada dito yung kalihi at the Vivian, Vanjie, and Steffi nagserbi kada kayo. Tumawag kayo iti 840 
0915-222-5844 Dito'y Way Pahu At the Dolorina, Brian, Amy, Janice, Ken Jane Telefono 676-0501 Ken, iti kabaruan nga sanga Dito'y Eva Beach At the Dacriza, Mary Jane, Ken Diana Tumawag kayo iti 683-0030 Kumablaw kami dito'y KPRP Pinoy Power Radio Iti barong nga iti Bonilla Insurance Agency Dito'y Eva Beach Agbyag, Tibonilla Insurance Agency, LLC Kagayem, nakalukatan iti Chinatown Marketplace Dito'y City Square, iti Dillingham Aglukat iti Naldao, Manipod, Alasocho Masarakan nyo, iti 5Cs, Dito'y Chinatown Marketplace Convenient, cool and comfortable Contemporary and complete selection Masarakan nyo dito'y Chinatown Marketplace Iti City Square Ijayada iti best selection of local fish in Honolulu Kastamit kadikiti fresh produce, fresh fruits and vegetables Farm eggs, bake shop, plate lunches Kenaduma-duma pie Umay kayon dito'y 1199 Dillingham Boulevard Iti Chinatown Marketplace Dito'y City Square Kiti Jaya, Alex Bueno, manager Iti kasaya atan nga produkto Kinserbisyo Iti Chinatown Marketplace Dito'y City Square Iti 1199 Dillingham Boulevard Remember the five C's at City Square Convenient, cool, comfortable, contemporary and complete selections At Chinatown Marketplace Dito'y City Square Abalik na tayo dito sa ating programa dito sa KPRP 650 AM and PinoyPowerMedia.com right, Welcome back to Honolulu Heartbeat, showcasing the arts and culture of Honolulu. I'm your host, Jonathan Wong. You're listening to KPRP 650 AM Pinoy Power Radio, the most powerful Pinoy radio. You can also catch Honolulu Heartbeat on our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, as well as Stitcher Radio. Uh, we're at this time. We want to welcome back our in-studio guest, Dr. Ron Williams from the Hawaiian Historical Society. We've been talking about the work that the society does, as well as the recently published annual journal, the Journal of Hawaiian History. It is now in its 49th edition. Ron, welcome back to Hello Heartbeat. We got about maybe another seven minutes before we need to head out of here. So, Sure, sure. Well, a couple of things I, w- I would just mention towards the end, um, just finish up. Uh, you know, some of the programs that we run at the society um, – are really kind of uh, helping shape uh, where Hawaiian history heads. Um, I mentioned different ethnicities and different um, groups and so forth. Recently, we did a project uh, where we digitized all of our Portuguese language newspapers. Oh, you know? cool! Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that you know I hadn't even thought about. You know, it, w- the big one of the big pushes in Hawaiian history in, in Hawaiian history today is to include these this vast resource of native Hawaiian language newspapers mm-hmm. that we have. But there were also Chinese language newspapers. Oh, these other ethnic newspapers. Yeah, newspapers. there were all these yeah. other communities that were here that were publishing, and some of that stuff has languished in the archives for a century. You know, so to be able to offer um, folks who read Portuguese or speak Portuguese uh, that history. You know, I, I mentioned the Chinese language newspapers. Uh, to 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 be able to go back into that and say, you know, our question, one of the main questions around lately has been, well, so what were Hawaiians thinking? Instead of talking about Hawaiians, we can hear from them. That's that's incredible. But what were the what were Chinese thinking? What were Japanese thinking mm-hmm. about all these issues? Um, <coughs> that of, that's starting to become available. So that Portuguese language newspaper digitization project was was central to what we do. Um, and then back to the to the native uh, peoples, we have uh, a native Hawaiian language reprint series that we do. Um, books that were printed makulelohawai in Hawaiian in the 19th century, 
that we're reprinting that have gone out of uh, print for sometimes over a century. Um, some really important texts written back at the time. Um, Dr. Uh, Pulke Nogelmeyer has been at the forefront of, of that project. Um, and we're releasing a couple of new ones coming out very soon that I'm really excited about. One of them is the story of Kluakotlau, the, the, <laughs> the leper. Yeah? And so that in its comp- entirety, which, which uh, we, don't, we, we haven't seen before, um, p- republished is going to be available. Um, hymns of Hawaii and things like that are, are some of those projects. Um, and that, uh, you know, that publication side um, is something that, you know, we see shrinking. You know, as somebody who writes and, and, and wants to get published, you know, and, and, and publishes and so forth, um, I can tell you that publishers are closing down, not only across Hawaii, but across the country, across the world. Yeah. Um, you know, who has money anymore? Um, so some of the pre- – so, so the avenues where we can get stuff out to people are, are shrinking. And so the fact that the society is still one of those places uh, – you know, we recently were left a, a wonderful gift – by a, a gentleman who left us uh, a chunk of money to um, publish things relating to uh, Hawaiian history. Um, and so, you know, people bringing manuscripts to us, uh, we're, we're another venue where people can get published. I think of folks like uh, Aloha Lani Brown. Um, Aloha Lani Brown is, a, is a, another amazing Native researcher and, and, and writer uh, who just got her Ph.D. in religion. Uh, she's an mm. assistant professor in the religion department over at UH Manoa. She's publishing a... Um, book on the his, the bio, a biography of John Papa'i. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it gives me chills to think about because these folks that we look back and kind of talk about and there's some articles written about and so forth, uh, for someone to go in and, and, sp- and someone like her who's got that knowledge and got, that, got the language access and so forth, there's someone to go in and really uh, take on that topic for years and produce something and then get it published, you know, those are things that are going to change history. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm really fascinated and honored that the society can be one of those venues. Uh, her book is being published from the UH Press, um, but but the Hawaiian Historical Society is one of those venues that people can bring manuscripts to, and we can help get those out to the public. So it's something I'm very excited about. Damn, that's really cool, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, and, and I and I just just just, just I. I sh- Almost forgot, and I should. I'll I'll get shot when I go back to the society if I don't mention <laughs> the fact that I really would encourage folks uh, to to sign up as members. Um, you know, we are a nonprofit. Um, you know, we talked about in the break uh, that nonprofits aren't an easy place to be nowadays. Um, you know, government funds are being pulled. Uh, yeah. Grants are, are few and far between. Uh, and you know, even though I, I feel like the Hawaiian Society is central to Hawaii, um, you know, we struggle with our budget. Uh, and so, um, you know, I think we offer an incredible deal. Um, as I mentioned, I, th- I believe right now it's uh, our general membership is $40. And for that, you get, you know, a year's membership. You get uh, the Hawaiian Journal of History. You get the calendar. You get our newsletter. You get, and, and, and we're developing also other um, uh, benefits for members. We're going to start doing um, educational classes, um, whether it's Hawaiian history, you know, some of us will be putting on those classes, whether it's Hawaiian language. We, we are tr- we, we're going to get Dr. Pueke and Ogemeyer to, to teach beginning Hawaiian language to our members uh, free of charge. And so these types of things are, th- are things cool. we're looking at. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for 40 bucks, you know, you can't Not a bad right. deal. Yeah. 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 So I encourage people to sign up as members uh, or, or to go out and buy the journal, to go out and buy the calendar and support us. Uh, it's to support our mission. All of that money goes towards supporting our mission of, of protecting these resources. You know, we just hired a, or we've had for about a year and a half now, a preservation librarian who's on a grant. So we have somebody specifically making sure, and we have microfilm that's, that's falling apart. 
We have newspapers that need to be taken care of. We have documents that we need to take care of. Uh, and this is not cheap. Uh, and so she's, you know, focused on taking care of that, but, but she's working on a grant. When that grant ends, do we, you know, are we going to have the money to, to hire her Keeper, more? Yeah. So those things are, are, are what you're doing if you're supporting society. Awesome. So, you know, <clears throat> for those of you listening, $40, really good deal. You got a copy of their annual journal. It's the Journal of Foreign History. You get a calendar. And then you also get, you know, a bunch of classes that are being developed. Again, $40, very good deal for all of those perks. Um, and I think, student, I think student membership is even cheaper. I believe it's around 25 or 30 now. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a really good deal. Yeah. Help our friends continue to do the important work that they do, definitely. Yeah. And and you can find us on uh, on the web. You can Google Hawaiian Historical Society uh, or our Facebook page, um, or you can come down to our uh, reading room and library, which is uh, we're partners with the uh, Hawaiian Mission Children's Society. We're actually tenants; uh, they own the building, uh, and we share a reading room. So we're there, right behind Kawaihao Church uh, downtown. Just walking distance from here, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm headed after this. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so. Um, any final words? It's about that time for us to head on out. So yeah, I, I just you know um, I encourage people to look at the society as uh, as a resource uh, that's there to serve them. Um, you know, everyone's asking you for money nowadays, and, and I and I get that. Um, you know, whether or not you contribute, uh, understand that the Hawaiian Historical Society is your society. Uh, it was started by you know, as I mentioned, businessmen and and some of the elite here in here in Hawaii to serve the community. Um, and so, you know, if you have a question, if you have a research project you're working on, if you want to see a photograph, if you want to learn about this, the, the history of Hawaii, contact us, come down, um, take part in our talks. You know, our talks are free. They're at KCC. We have a, a calendar up on our website. Um, so take part in our co- talks, come down and, and, and listen. And it's a way for you to get involved uh, and to be a part of history. You know, so you can be a part of Hawaiian history by by. by, uh, by taking advantage of the fact that we're here for you. That's awesome. Um, you know, real quick before we go, um, you know, I know one of your goals is also to, to maybe expand to working with schools. So if there's any school teachers or principals, you know, listening out there, you know, how can they get involved yeah, with you guys? Yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. Um, that that's something, you know, the fact that we have these resources uh, and we have, you know, the, the DOE struggles with, with resources and so forth also. Um, and so you have, you know, school teachers, some of them who are, are, are fine teachers and, and really knowledgeable, but they're relatively new here, you know, somebody from California, Nebraska or so forth. And, you know, we're asking them to teach Hawaiian history, Hawaiian, Hawaiian you know, uh, religion or Hawaiian society or so forth. Uh, and, and we're a resource for them. Um, we've got tons of resources. We've got curriculum. We've got all types of projects. And we're, we're looking forward to kind of partnering with schools uh, to go into classrooms to work with them to develop curriculum for teachers, all kinds of projects. So if you've got an idea, bring it to us. Uh, but I really see our role uh, as expanding in the schools. That's awesome. All right, thank you so much for joining us today, Ron. Thank Again, we've been much. talking with Dr. Ron Williams from the Hawaiian Historical Society. $40 membership annual gets you a copy of their annual journal, a calendar. Great resources out there for people who are researchers or who are educators or who are just, you know, big history buffs. Um, you know, very exciting things are happening with all the different language newspapers that were here. Not only the Hawaiian language newspapers, but, you know, Portuguese language, Chinese language, mm-hmm. any of those ethnic papers, you know, I, I can see that being just a big lifetime project in and of itself, you know, going back through those catalogs of 
all of those ethnic community papers yeah. that were here. And hearing from the people, you know, that's, that's, that's the key, you know. And we don't have to talk about people. We can listen to what they say. What they say. Yeah. Excellent. All right, so that concludes um, this edition of Holy Heartbeat. Um, happy New Year to all of you, and we'll see you in 2016. Stay artsy and stay classy. Till next time, aloha and ahoy ho. Aquí no.